Our scripture passage this morning comes from Isaiah 40. And we'll be reading Isaiah 40, verse 1 through 11. Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hands double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, and the flowers fall. But the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, you go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Our text is the various references to uh, voices in Isaiah 40, the tender voice, verse 3, a voice calling out, verse 6, a voice crying out, and verse 9, lift up your voice. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we are in the season of Advent, and as we uh, gather here this morning, you might uh, remember that we have read Isaiah 40 before. In fact, we've come back to Isaiah 40 a, a number of times already this fall, beginning in September when we were reflecting on the 450th anniversary of the Heidelberg Catechism. And in that service, we read from Isaiah 40, and we reflected on that expression of comfort that Isaiah brings, which is summarized in Lord's Day 1, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And it's that I'm not my own, but that I belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, because he has fully paid for all my sins. And Isaiah 40 moves from that comfort right away to say, that her sins have been paid for. And so this is one of the underlying passages of that comfort of the Savior God sends to pay for our sins. And Isaiah 40 even adds that it has been paid double. So it's 
it's, it's the remarkable comfort. Comfort twice, sins paid for twice. So all the sins are paid for, not once even, but twice. Uh, there's a sense of the full, fully paid for. Imagine if, if something, too, that you had done wrong, you had to pay, that someone paid for it, paid for it twice. A very powerful confession of comfort that is very dear to our hearts and continues to speak to us and our particular faith community, the Reformed community. Last Sunday, if you were here in the evening, afternoon, you would remember that Wayne Bauman led in a reading from Isaiah 40. And there again, the richness of that passage where it speaks about, do you not know, have you not heard, building on the sense of hearing God's voice as the good news is proclaimed and that redemption is shared and we are, are lifted up in our faith like eagles and God carries us forward. Today we turn to Isaiah 40 again to begin our Advent series because it is a key prophetic passage for Christmas, for Advent. It points to God sending Jesus as our Savior. Isaiah 40 is the basis of the words of John the Baptist as he comes to proclaim and prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah 40 verse 3 is that prophetic voice spoken hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus and fulfilled in John the Baptist's coming and crying out. In Matthew 3, verses 1 to 3, it says, In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. So you, you see very appropriate listening to the prophetic word of Isaiah in the context of Advent, of Christmas. And as that good news comes at Christmas, Isaiah 40 verse 5, the glory of the Lord is revealed. And at Christmas time, too, we, we try to decorate, we try to, to do thing, a beautiful new banner. We have the, the pictures on the wall here. We, we want to, to celebrate the, the glory of the Lord revealed in the coming of the Savior. And so Isaiah 40, verse 3 and 5, give us that sense again of Jesus coming at Christmas in fulfillment to God's promises, God's prophetic word to us. So this first thing, just, just out of that reality that we've touched on Isaiah 40 a number of times already through the fall, and, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. It shows the richness of God's word, and it also gives us the sense of God speaking into our hearts and lives at different times, in different ways, and that our close walk in the word is where we find our strength, our hope, our comfort. And so this year again, it's my prayer that as we reflect on the prophetic word pointing us to the love and grace of God in Jesus, that, that this word will speak into your heart, into your life again this Christmas season, and that you will hear God, and that you will be comforted and encouraged.
So how does this word of God speak to us, this prophetic word? How do we hear that voice of God? The example that, that we had already this morning is that excerpt from Handel's Messiah. George Frederick Handel was born in Germany back in 1685. He was a, a musical genius. And as a strong Christian, he wrote of biblical things and brought music to bear on biblical themes. His, his uh, pieces were performed in theaters and concert halls. And as a sincere Christian, he, he would try to bring out, what, what is God saying to people? What is, what is God trying to, to speak into their lives? And, and he used his gift of music to bring especially to this this focus on the Messiah, Handel's Messiah, one of his famous, most famous pieces. And people came in that time to his presentation of, of this gospel message. And the music spoke to them. It lifted them up. It brought them closer to God's truth spoken into their lives. Some people, even now at Christmas, have the tradition of listening to the Messiah. Do, do some of you do that? You actually pause and listen? That becomes part of even a tradition in some of our families, too, that that, that, that word speaks into us again of the greatness of God, of his powerful coming, of his love, a tender voice. And so that's one way that you might at Christmas time hear the voice of God speaking to you. As we think about the voice of God speaking to us, there is a problem that we confess. We need to realize that there are many other voices that are clamoring for our attention, especially around Christmas time, and that can drown out God's voice. We might not even have time to sit down and listen to something like uh, Handel's Messiah or, or the Christian music. In, in Isaiah's day too, people, people began to listen to other voices. People, people got busy in a good land with their good life and they forgot about God. And that can be a tremendous temptation in, in our good land. And indeed, with thankfulness for the good life God has blessed us with, but out of that, other voices can start to dominate and we no longer hear the voice of God. And you recognize some of that problem in, in people's lives too when they, they do get caught up in all of the other Christmas things and yet the real joy of Christmas is not there. They hear the other voices and they respond to, yeah, shop here, buy there. And then there's all the voices of, of people, uh, adults and kids saying, I want this and I want that. And you want to make them happy and you have to get this for them and that for them. And then you have the voices of, of, of yeah, you should be here, you should be there. All kinds of functions, uh, family get-together, parties, here and there and everywhere. And, and Christmas can become exhausting. It, it can be just looked at as, oh, all these, these demands, and, and I'm tired even thinking about it. 
And that's often a reality that people have at Christmas. They are just overwhelmed. And, and it's not very spiritual, and it's not very joyful time. It's just a very demanding and busy time. And so in that reality, in that context, to pause, to stop, to hear God's voice again is so vitally important. And in Isaiah 40, God speaks into our Christmas preparation, our Christmas celebration. There are four references to God speaking. It begins in verse 2 with a very tender voice. And I'd like to just compare that to the tenderness of the Christmas story. Mary, the mother of Jesus, holding her newborn son. What a, what a tender picture, beautiful, central picture of Christmas. Just the tenderness of it, a baby born and welcomed and held. Picking up Isaiah 40, verse 2, God, tenderly speaking to Jerusalem, words of grace and forgiveness. The people have been wayward. They have sinned. They struggle with all of the things that are, are speaking at them and calling to them. And yet God, the Heavenly Father, speaks tenderly to them and to us, his children. He speaks in love, trying to get through to us again. Hear the word of comfort, not just once, but twice, Comfort, comfort my people. Hear the voice of God saying, my people. He sees us as part of his family. And hear him refer to himself as your God. He is your God. It's the language of a very close love relationship, like Mary holding the baby Jesus. So God comes and wants to hold us as part of his family of faith. And so all that sense of, of feeling alone or weak or lost in sin and shame, God speaks grace and forgiveness. This is the Savior come to pay for our sin. This is the Christ, the Messiah, who will accomplish forgiveness through his life and death on the cross. This is the one in whom we believe. And as we believe, his grace comes rolling over us like waves of the sea. It's a, it's a word of tender comfort, of healing, and of hope. The voice of God again to you this Christmas. Next there is the announcement in verse 3, a voice calling out. And that's a little bit like Gabriel who who went to Zechariah and who went to Elizabeth and, and who spoke into their lives a voice. Or like the choir of angels to the shepherds, declaring with great joy the good news. Isaiah 40 verse 3 is a voice a calling out, pushing out. And the images here in verse 4 and 5 pick up the sense of, of in Isaiah's day when great people came to visit there would be a preparation. There would be a, a straightening of roads, a cleaning up, a, a, a putting things right. And the voice we hear here is God saying, he is making a way, a path, so that God's people 
can see who God is. They see this in Jesus. Even in his coming, God takes away many roadblocks so that Jesus can come. And in his ministry, Jesus continues to push back the power of sin, the power of darkness. And as we hear the Christmas story too, we see God at work and we need to recognize he continues to speak into our lives as we allow him to clear away barriers and things that hinder his coming, that hinder us from from going forward in faith, from centrally being focused on our faith. That can be habits and attitudes that weaken faith and lead us away from God. We let Jesus come again this Christmas and clear those things away by his word and spirit that we hear God in Jesus saying that he can smooth the rough places in our lives, that he can set us on a straight path as we follow him. That's the voice of God speaking Christmas to us. Next is a very, very important voice, the voice that speaks of the enduring, the enduring voice. And that echoes back from Bethlehem, where the Savior is born, to even Isaiah, this prophetic word, and then even to David, who was the king born in Bethlehem, and then even to the redemption history from the beginning, it's, it's the picture of the, the whole sense of, of the word of God, the truth of God's word that endures. Isaiah states that the flowers don't last, that they will fade. The sense of our human life doesn't last either. Earthly prosperity doesn't last. Christmas 2013 itself will come and go. You will make preparations and and people will come on certain days and then they will go again. You will find a gift that's appropriate, but after a while it will be of little interest to kids or even adults. There is nothing that will endure. While in contrast, God's word stands forever. And God's voice here in Isaiah 40 reminds us of that permanent truth that we need to take hold of. That we see God doing eternal things through his saving work in Jesus Christ and things that have supreme value. Our efforts are are imperfect and temporary. We make promises we cannot keep. God is not like that. What he says, he does. His promises are true, and his word remains. And so again, this Christmas too, that we hear that enduring word of God in all of the temporary preparations and things that we plan and work through, there is one thing that endures. We can ignore those who try to sell us on very temporary things. And take hold of what God has done and continues to do in Jesus. And finally, there is the confident shout of verses 9 to 11. That's like the shepherds who, who, after coming to see the Savior, go out and declare, we have seen the Lord. Or like Simeon and Anna 
who, when they see the baby, receive that child as this is the promised Messiah of God. Isaiah 40 already recognizes that response when it says in verse 9, Here is your God. This Christmas, center your uh, preparation, your celebration on that Savior. Having heard the tender voice of God's forgiving grace, having set out on the path of faith in God's saving work, having confidence that this word and work of God is true and endures, you can add your voice. You can add your confession. Like the shepherds, we have seen the Savior. We celebrate Jesus God's promised Savior. We confess with confidence and joy again this Christmas. We lift up our voice, Isaiah 40, verse 9, believing here is our God at work to save. So the voice we need to hear in the end is is our own voice, confessing, I believe Jesus as my Savior. I will follow him as I go forward in my life. Christmas is a wonderful time to state that confession again. And we do it here in the church as we come together celebrating and worship. Also as you do it in the different Christmas events that you are part of. Do not hesitate to share that joy. To speak to those around you of your comfort, of your faith. And you can do that in different ways. You can do that tenderly to those who may have been hurt, hurt even by the church, or have hurtful memories of of faith experiences, to speak tenderly to them again at Christmas. You might have relatives who come who aren't believers, not really interested at all. Speak tenderly to them. Speak of the love you have received, and a love that's available to them. Speak the word of Isaiah to them. You can speak to those who have have different struggles and rough places and barriers in their lives. Those who may be struggling with addictions and things. People we know who have difficult things in their lives. What would you say to them? Jesus comes to make a way. Speak a word of hope to them. Guide them on the way of truth as they would give their life to Christ and let him make a way. Speak also to those who you see running around like crazy and trying trying to keep up with everything and and all of the fleeting things of the season and, and to speak a word to them too of what endures, to stop them, to sit down with them, to say, just rest in the truth of God's work and let that truth be your center without all of the hectic running around. Jesus the Savior loves you and comforts you. May we again this Christmas hear that voice for ourselves and share that voice with others. Amen. Our song of response is Everlasting God, picking up on the reality of the